Today on Blue 58, Matt LaFleur ended his fourth season as the Packers head coach out of the playoffs. What do we make of his 2022 season? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to be with you here for another episode. It's time for us to talk about Matt LaFleur. We're going position by position, coach by coach through our 2022 Packers season. The wheel of evaluation has landed on Matt LaFleur. And as I've gone through this process, Matt LaFleur really highlights to me one thing that I think is going to come up a lot as we go through this. It's really hard to get a bead on this last Packers team because they've got excuses everywhere. Injuries, transition, weird schedule, some of that their own making. We'll get to that in a second. But if you have criticisms of Matt LaFleur, it's really hard to make them stick in any substantive way because for every everything that you bring up, almost everything you bring up, there's a counterfactual. I don't like this about him. Well, yeah, but well, I don't like this, yeah, but I don't like this, yeah, but or even the stuff that's good, you say, Well, he did these things. Well, did he fall into that? Was Aaron Rodgers covering things up? Did the Packers run game look good because they finally figured out their offensive line this season? And so on and so on. The only way I felt like I could get a bead on how to talk about Matt LaFleur's 2022 season then was to go back in time. What is Matt LaFleur anyway? Going back a few years, we see that... Matt LaFleur was basically hired to be the anti-Mike McCarthy. So McCarthy ends his tenure in Green Bay during the 2018 season. A long run. A successful run. A highly successful run for most of the time he's there, you might say. But by the end, it was clear that they needed to go in a different direction. So what do you do? You hire a guy who is supposed to be the anti-McCarthy. In explicit and implicit ways. I should add. There are explicit, specific ways that Matt LaFleur was supposed to correct the course the Packers were on, the course that had been established by Mike McCarthy. He was supposed to be an offensive innovator. He was supposed to be a culture changer. And implicitly, he was supposed to be just a winner. The guy who was going to get the Packers over the hump, back to the Super Bowl, And he was supposed to be the guy who could get Aaron Rodgers back on track. He has since added some additional features and responsibilities to his coaching, I don't know, menu in Green Bay. The Packers have turned to him as a quarterback tutor, helping him to develop 2020 first-round pick Jordan Love. The Packers have asked him to be a relationship manager between themselves and their somewhat... Uh, they're, they're star quarterback who needs to be reminded that he's the star quarterback from time to time. And they've asked him to deal with some quasi-GM type stuff, given how often he needs to make decisions about draft picks and who's going to play and where and who's going to get opportunities. Which, of course, is partly the job of any coach, but he seemed to have a lot of stuff thrown his way as to, here's a guy, figure it out. And I guess... No need to beat around the bush here. I'm thinking specifically about Amari Rodgers with that last one. 
So if that's what Matt LaFleur was supposed to be, how has he done on those things? Just generally speaking, not talking about 2022 in, in, in particular, we'll get to that in a second. Generally speaking, how has he done the, on those things? As an offensive innovator, innovator, I would say by and large, he would be fairly solid. It's not like the Packers are really on the bleeding edge, it seems like, of a whole lot of things, though Matt LaFleur's use of quads stuff late in 2021 and into 2022 does seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve for the rest of the league. But the Packers have never really been like absolute super duper cutting edge under LaFleur. They have used one of the more cutting edge schemes in the NFL, but LaFleur is not it doesn't seem to be as a real innovator within that scheme. Has he been a culture changer? I would say generally, yes. I would say that at least in comparison to end of tenure Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur seems to reflect his players better than McCarthy did. I'm not saying that's the only approach that you can take as a, as a, as a head coach. I'm not even saying it's the best approach. But it seems like that is more what is expected of coaches here in 2022. Players seem to want a guy who is at least a little bit like them, who has similar life experiences to them. And I think if you want to say that Mike McCarthy was a little bit out of touch at the end of his time in Green Bay, that seems to be the case. Generally speaking, I think we can say Matt LaFleur has been a winner. How much of that is him? Not here to parse that out exactly, but he has won by and large in Green Bay. Did he get Aaron Rodgers back on track? I think unquestionably yes. How has he done as a quarterback tutor? Well, Jordan Loves does seem to have made strides. He seems a lot less raw and a lot more refined than he was as a prospect coming out of Utah State. As far as managing the relationship with Aaron Rodgers, I think again we've got to give a lot of credit to Matt LaFleur. Because Rodgers wasn't sure he was coming back to the Packers for 2021 or 2022. And who's under center for the Packers both of those seasons? Aaron Rodgers. And as far as being that sort of quasi-GM person, I would say he's been better in the past than this year, getting more out of guys, putting them in the right spots. But I think overall, it's been pretty good. So, as a response to Mike McCarthy... Overall, I think Matt LaFleur has been pretty good. But when you start drilling down into 2022, I think we have maybe some problems. Maybe some things we might be starting to see that are recurring issues for LaFleur. So how did he do on those things that we've identified as being responses to Mike McCarthy in 2022? Because that's the real question here, isn't it? As we're looking at the 2022 season, as we're looking at the year where the Packers really tried to retool from where they were on 2021, or I guess run it back from where they were in 2021, yet seemed to take a step backward. How does Matt LaFleur and his goals and responsibilities with the team play into that? In terms of being an offensive innovator, I feel like the offense did take a step back schematically in 2022. Part of that is not his fault. The saying in football, there are variations of it. You know, players, not plays. X's and O's, not Jimmy's and Joe's. Or backwards, sorry. Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. You got to have good players if your schemes are going to work. Otherwise, you just 
have guys sitting up at a chalkboard and say, well, I'm going to drop this scheme. Can you drop a scheme that can beat it? If it was all about the schemes, we would just call it scheme ball and not football. And the reason I think that the Packers offense looked like it took a step back in 2022 was because the roster was not good for a lot of the season, quite frankly. Christian Watson was out for a good part of the, let's say the first third of the season. First six to eight games, you really couldn't count on Christian Watson being out there. Romeo Dobbs is not ready for the spotlight at that point. Sammy Watkins looked like, well, the washed up Sammy Watkins. They had no firepower out there. So it really doesn't matter what the Packers were doing schematically at that point because it probably wasn't going to work. And you could see Matt LaFleur scaling back the playbook to get a lot of the stuff done that they were trying to do. That's why I think you saw so much pony package stuff this season, so much of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the field together, because if you're just trying to get a little bit done on offense, what do you do? Put your best guys out there and basically hope for the best. Because as I think we saw by the end of the year, what the Packers were doing out of those two back sets wasn't all that complex, really. They had a, a little read option look that you ran Aaron Jones inside or ran A.J. Dillon inside, and then you had a swing pass built off of that. There wasn't a whole lot going on there. Now, there were wrinkles in there and things like that, and I know there's some of the more tape-heavy uh, people out there who would probably you know, take some issue with, with what I've been saying, but I think I've got a pretty pretty good leg to stand on here that the Packers just couldn't do a lot, so that's why they, they leaned on the guys they did have, and even then, it wasn't like they were reinventing the wheel week in and week out. But I would also say that part of the lack of schematic innovation is Matt LaFleur's fault, and it's his fault in a way that is a problem. Because the Packers knew the roster they were going to have in April, essentially. They knew that this was going to be hard. They knew that it was going to take a while for things to adjust. And they didn't really seem to adjust in a way that helped their team grow when it wasn't ready yet. It seemed like the coaches and the roster or the, the, the front office were trying to play with the team that they wished they had rather than the team that they actually had. And that's a problem. You gotta coach the team you have, not the coach you team, not the team you want. By the end of the season, I think they were, they had the team that they wanted or thought they were going to have, but at the beginning of the season they didn't, and they couldn't quite get there with the guys they did have. And again, that's for a variety of reasons. But I think that is a fair criticism of Lafleur in 2022. He didn't get the most out of the guys he had. As far as Lafleur being a culture changer, I want to put a pin in this and circle back to his culture bona fides here in a little bit. As far as winning goes, well, no. 2022 did not feature a lot of winning from Matt Lafleur. And if your job is to win games, and if your team is saying, we really want to lean on you to win some games for us because we've got an aging quarterback or an old quarterback, and we need to get it done, that's a big problem. And I think a big part of the Packers' struggles to win this year were pretty directly tied to some decisions by Matt LaFleur. The early season offensive line, don't want to belabor that point again, but there were some problems there, and there was a reason that they went with the the line they did because that was the line that Lafleur thought was best or the coaches that he hired thought was best. You had Amari Rodgers out there for 10 weeks when they had better kick return options on, on the roster. And we're not just talking about Keyshawn Nixon here, 
back as far as April, May, you know, all through the offseason, we talked about both Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson as kickoff and punt return options. Romeo Dobbs was a dynamic punt returner in college. He never got a shot there, partly because they needed him doing other things early in the season. But the Packers just rolled with Amari Rodgers pretty much for no reason most of the year, despite having a guy who could have done it better. The Packers didn't really try to get better at punt returner or kick returner this year until they really had no choice but to move on from Amari Rodgers. If you look at the numbers and when Rodgers' fumbles happen, he never really actually cost the Packers a game with one of his punt return fumbles. However, I think he did hurt the team whenever he was on the field just by not being a very good returner. And that, I think, is the criticism for Lafleur there on Rodgers, not just that he was fumbling. It's just that he was never making the team better. Then finally, you've got the bye week. The Packers chose not to take a bye after London, which turned out to be a huge problem for a couple of reasons. First, you can see the thinking there. We don't want to take a bye after we play the Giants because we've got the Jets, the Commanders, uh, and the Lions, and the Bills in there too. But um, those teams coming up after we, we travel to London to take on the Giants, who we should beat too, we should be pretty good. That was my take at the time and for most of the season. Turns out the Jets and the Giants were pretty good, and the Lions handled the Packers twice whether it was because the Lions are better or because the Packers played two of their worst games in the, of the season against the Lions. The Packers played their, two of their worst games of the season against the Lions. It really is kind of immaterial, but the point is the Packers misread that situation pretty badly. And on top of that, Aaron Rodgers' thumb turned out to be a pretty serious issue after breaking it against the Giants. How much better is his thumb throughout for the rest of the season if he doesn't have to go right back home after the Giants game in London and prep for the Jets. Is his thumb as much of an issue for the rest of the year if he gets immediately, basically a week and a half off? Matt LaFleur gambled there and lost. He gambled in a couple other situations and lost too. If your job is to win games, I think that's reflecting on you pretty poorly. As far as Rodgers this year, Look, the getting Aaron Rodgers back on track thing worked. 2020, 2021, MVP, MVP. He wasn't better in 2022. You've got some plausible deniability there. Offensive line, receivers bad, thumb broken. Call it a wash. Doesn't seem to have gotten the most out of Aaron Rodgers. There's plenty of reasons for that other than Matt LaFleur. Parsing those out is probably impossible. As far as his work with with, uh, Jordan Love... I think Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit there because Love seems to have made some pretty significant strides in 2022. How much of that is Matt LaFleur? Who knows exactly. But he did rehire Tom Clements, which is a good move uh, because it is um, appealing to Aaron Rodgers. He's a good quarterbacks coach. He seems to have helped Jordan Love. Wins across the board, as far as I'm concerned. He wasn't LaFleur's first choice as a quarterback coach. But swallowing your pride and doing what's right for the team is a is a good move. Related note, Joe Barry. Moving on, relationship manager. Again, Aaron Rodgers came back for 2022. He wanted to be here. He wouldn't have wanted that if he had a big issue with Matt LaFleur. It's, it's hard to say. As far as the, the GM type stuff, it does seem like there's a disconnect between the front office and the 53-man roster deciders. You've got Amari Rodgers out there. You've got the offensive line stuff. You've guys like you've got guys like Jonathan Ford hanging around the whole year when you had useful players who have played in the NFL before on the practice squad. Lafleur seems stuck there. Again, there seems to be a dis- disconnect. 
Now, on the culture stuff, I think the best way to approach this is to read out a fairly long question here from listener John Fiore. And I appreciate John writing in here, sent a nice email. Just want to read the, uh, the question portion here. Would you attribute, John writes, some of the losses in these must-win games over the past years, past few years, to a lack of mental toughness? Over the past few years, I think the Packers have had the capability to beat any team in the league, so long as everything goes smoothly. Once there's any hiccup, it seems like the team struggles to bounce back. I thought the Packers were coasting to victory in last year's playoffs after that first offensive drive, then Mercedes Lewis fumbled, and they never recovered. This week, he wrote this right after the Lions game, Despite the game always being close, I felt confident the Packers would win until Aaron Jones fumbled. It seemed like they did not have the same intensity going forward. And as you mentioned, they were flat out gassed by the end of the game, not to discount the physical weaknesses in these games, such as injuries and experience on the offensive line. But it feels like the team always has been their own worst enemy lately in must-win situations. If there is a mentality issue that's partially to blame, do you believe that falls more on the coaching or leadership of the veterans on the field? In a way, I think I could more easily stomach a loss that is simply due to the opposing team being more talented rather than the Packers getting in their own way. Again, very good question, very thoughtful question. Let's try to take it apart a little bit. This, I think, is a hard thing to determine, but I think it does speak to the overall culture that Matt LaFleur has in place in Green Bay. And to John's point here, there have been a lot of fairly high-profile meltdowns in must-win situations, even some non-must-win situations for the Packers. That said, this is a hard thing to determine, and I don't really know where we land as far as these being Lafleur's fault. However, I think we can get there for a couple of things. First, a couple other points. One, it's always easy to have a good culture when you're winning. Nobody was complaining about the Packers' culture in 2019 or 2020. They were stacking up win after win after win. You do see some complaints about the Packers being soft, whatever that means in professional football anymore. But I think that's just the sort of thing that a certain kind of football fan is always going to complain about no matter what. To certain people who watch football in 2022, everybody in the NFL is soft. To hear former players who played in the 70s and 80s, you'd think that they really were playing, you know, patty cake out there on the field laying aside the fact that the the players are bigger and stronger and faster than anybody who played in the 70s and 80s, we'll see exactly who's soft. Secondly, it's always easier to win when you have good players. And having good players, I think, is a bigger problem or was a bigger problem for the 2022 Packers than most outside the team would admit, me included. That was a big misread for me coming into this 2022 season. I did say... All along, there were going to be growing pains for this team. I think even I underestimated how big those growing pains would be and how shallow beyond those players that the Packers needed to grow they really were. The Packers simply were not a very good team in 2022, regardless of what the culture was like, regardless of what their mentality was like. Put it that way. Maybe don't even say culture, say mentality. John uses a good word here. Are the Packers in the right mindset to win these kinds of games? So those points having been made, is this mentality issue a problem for Matt LaFleur? Is it a LaFleur issue? I think there are some long-running issues that do point a little bit toward LaFleur. As John says, the Packers do have a tendency to 
start to fall apart when one thing goes wrong. To that end, I think the Packers did a little bit better job bouncing back in those situations in 2022. Throughout their their win streak to end of the season, they did bounce back a few times. The Dallas Cowboys game, they ended up in overtime with a good team. The Dallas Cowboys are headed to the divisional round. They took the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers apart Monday night. They're pretty good. They've got a good defense. Say what you will about Mike McCarthy. Generally, he puts together a pretty good program. And the Cowboys are just the latest evidence of that. The Packers took the Cowboys' best shot and rallied and won. They hung with the Cowboys and then beat them at the end. That's a pretty mentally tough team. They also bounced back from being down 4-8 and eight to being one game away from making the playoffs. That's a pretty mentally tough team too, I would think. They were down against the Chicago Bears heading into the fourth quarter there. They took a pretty good shot there from the Miami Dolphins and battled back in that one too. Then they pounded the Vikings. And of course, we all know how things ended. Saying they're not mentally tough might be, you know, picking some some results, cherry picking some results a little bit. But there are, on the other side of things, have been some times where the Packers have fallen apart. We've even got a name for it on the podcast. We talk about the LeFleur microchip. Yeah, we've we've probably overdone that point at times. But it seems like when everything's running smoothly, Matt LaFleur's offense looks like a like a flying circus. You've got motion going everywhere. You've got different formations. You've got guys lining up in unusual spots, doing unusual things. But if one guy has to come out of the lineup, or if one drive doesn't go well, suddenly it all falls apart and everything bogs down. In the 2020 season, we talked about how the Packers took every third quarter off. They just went into a lull. I don't know if they all you know, had a cup of sleepy time tea at halftime or what. But it seemed like they took a nap in the third quarter and then would wake up in the fourth quarter and, and put teams to rest. It it hasn't always been, it seems, a resilient team. It also seems like there have been long-running issues with the Packers coming out flat that would point to LaFleur. 2019, you have the Chargers game in Los Angeles. 2019, you have the 49ers twice, where the 49ers seem ready to go when the, the game kicks off. The Packers do not. You had the Packers getting manhandled by the 49ers in the 2021 playoffs. And I don't mean like beat badly. I just mean like the 49ers were entirely unafraid. The Packers looked like they were playing not to lose and ended up losing. In 2022, we we had the Lions game at the end and the other Lions game in the middle. And then, you know, the entire really bad losing streak um, kind of around that Lions game. That seems to have something to do with coaching. That sort of recurring pattern, how can it not reflect on your coaching at a certain point? Even if you can't put your finger on exactly what's causing it, how does that not reflect on you? It still could be a player problem. I'm not sure how we would know. But to that end, if you look at the Packers, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys that really just say vocal leader when you look at them. But how do you get those guys anyway? For it to matter that sort of leader has to be a good player. Otherwise, nobody's going to listen to what they say or they're not going to be on the team long enough for anybody to have time to listen to them. So I guess maybe they don't have vocal leaders. But again, how do you get those? You're going to go into the draft this spring and say, yeah, what we're looking for is a vocal leader for our team to rally around. I mean, how would you find that? And what position would he play? And how would you weight that relative to 
So you've got you've got a, a, a right tackle who's a tremendous leader, just the guy who's going to rally the troops and he's going to be patent every Sunday. The American flag's going to drop down behind him. He's going to give a stirring speech and you're going to go out there and blow the doors off any team that plays, that you play. Now, he's never going to get on the field because you've already got a right tackle and you patched up a receiver who's six foot seven and he runs a four two forty and he can, you know, jump out of the gym and he's got hands that like he's got stick him on him. But hey, this guy's a great leader. How would you weight that? I mean I mean I'm overselling the point there. But how do you weight that? How do you acquire those guys anyway? It's kind of just a thing that happens, which points, I guess, more to these things being coaching problems. And I think if you do want to point to a big culture issue or maybe mentality issue with the Matt LaFleur Packers, it's kind of crumbling on key decision makings at key points, right? Key decision making on key decision making at key points in games. In 2020, you had the uh, NFC Championship game turn on a, a couple pretty significant decisions that LaFleur made. You've got his late game conversion decision where Instead of going for the touchdown, they kick the field goal, hoping that their defense is going to be able to slow down Tom Brady and a pretty good offense for one drive. An offense that, remind you, had scored 31 points against the Packers' defense. Instead of getting aggressive, Matt LaFleur decided he wanted to get conservative there in the NFC Championship game. In 2021, we've talked it to death, but they made a pretty noteworthy blunder on the offensive line. And I guess... Setting up the 2021 playoffs, the Packers decided to play their guys late in the season in a meaningful, meaningless game in Detroit, and suddenly you're without Marquez Valdez-Scantling for the playoffs. That turned out to be a pretty significant problem as well. In 2022, and we've talked about it already, you've got the offensive line, Amari Rodgers, game plans in both Lions games. Matt LaFleur had some pretty significant misses in noteworthy spots. The London game, too not taking a buy afterwards. Maybe it's not that the mentality is a problem. Maybe it's just that Matt LaFleur is just like a B-plus coach. And B-plus coaches don't get all the, the right calls right in the big moments. And so here the Packers are with Matt LaFleur heading into year five. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be there for, for 2023? We don't know. Is it going to be Jordan Love? We don't know. What is the rest of the offense going to look like? We don't know. But Matt LaFleur is still going to be there, and he's still going to be making decisions for the Packers as far as how these things play out on a weekly basis. By and large, things are probably going to run pretty smoothly. It's going to be interesting to see what Matt LaFleur can do to elevate this team that's still going to have to do some growing here in 2023. Because outside of Aaron Rodgers, outside of David Bakhtiari, I think they're still going to have a pretty young core of guys they're going to have to lean on. How does Lafleur set the culture for those guys? Or is the culture just something that's entirely out of his hands at this point? Because if the culture was good early, and culture is all about winning, it's really hard to argue that the Packers' culture produced all that much in 2022. And if the culture comes from the coach, well... What does that say about what Matt LaFleur can do as a culture builder? 
That's all I've got for you in this episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I would appreciate it even more if you would take a second and share this episode with somebody you think would enjoy it too. That's going to help more people find the show and get more people involved in this conversation that you and I are having about the Green Bay Packers, which in turn is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.